In March of 2022, our family was forced to evacuate from Ukraine. We have served as missionaries in Lviv for over 20 years, and now, like so many others, we find ourselves suddenly displaced from our home, our church, and our precious Ukrainian friends. But despite the shock of evacuation, God is opening doors and leading us step by step down this new path. Our purpose is to bless and minister to Ukrainians affected by the war. Come with us as we share our stories, striving to serve God, bless people, and praying that someday soon, this journey will lead us back to our beloved Ukraine. Hey folks, Joshua here. Welcome back to the Journey to Ukraine podcast. Today, I am really excited to be recording this episode from Ukraine. That's kind of a rare privilege these days, and it's great to be here. Now, I am sitting right now in a studio uh, with Radio Radekhiv, and I have Milena Slyusarchuk here as my guest. So, Milena, welcome to the show. Hello, Joshua. I'm, I'm very glad to see you again here as our guest, she says. So Milena is the founder or the co-founder of the Radekhivsky Hospodini organization that we've partnered with so often. We've talked about them in the past. We've talked about being able to give donations or send supplies. Uh, our good friend Yura Petriv also works with them. Um, so today I've got I've got Milena here with me in the studio, and I'd like to uh, ask her some questions and let her share her perspective and her vision um, for the work here in Radekhiv, the status on the war. I think it'll be very interesting uh, for you all to hear what the things that she can share about what's really happening here on the ground in Ukraine. So as we get started with this episode today, I want to just say a word of warning. Milena, at one point in the episode, will share some personal experiences and some stories with our listeners that contain very serious and disturbing details about the realities of war. I think there is value in hearing that and knowing what's going on. But uh, if you have young children or this is something that you're concerned about listening to yourself, please be aware that this episode will contain some serious and very disturbing details about the realities of war in Ukraine. So, Milena, to start with, I'd like to talk about the name of your organization. What does Radekhivsky Hospodini mean? Um, what is the, what's in a name there? You don't believe it. So, she said, you wouldn't believe it. This name was suggested to us by people in the military, by the soldiers. So, we, at the beginning, we were sending a lot of food and, and groceries. And, and the, the guys called us hospodini, and hospodini into English translates as like a hostess or a woman who prepares things and makes all kinds of, of goodies. And so from that we got the name Radakivsky uh, Hospodinia, and many people across Ukraine are now familiar with this name. That's great. So the um, the subtext in your logo says from 2014 to victory. And that's interesting. So that means you were active long before the February 24th invasion this year. Could you tell us how the organization uh, was founded? So the Maidan event or the, the, the big protests in the middle of Kiev, these began in 2014. And one evening I turned on the news. 
and I saw a terrible, a terrible picture there in the news. На майдані пізно вечором беркутівці побили підлітків, дітей. In the right there on the square, late in the evening, these like they were called Barakut. They were like the special force soldiers. They were like killing even teenagers right there. Ми розуміємо, чому це сталося. We understand why this happened. Молодь хотіла в Євросоюз щасливе майбутнє. The younger generation they wanted to join the European Union and have a bright future. А їм влада забороняла це. And the the government at that time was preventing them from doing that. Жорстокі побої. Дуже вразили мене глибоко в серце. And these, these like very, very cruel conflicts or battles really touched my heart. Бо я розуміла, що на їхньому місці могли бути мої діти. Because I understood that even in their place could be my own children. Я з сестрою зібралася. And my sister and I, we, we gathered our things. І ми так, як багато інших людей, поїхали на Майдан. And just like many other people, we traveled to center of Kyiv, to the Maidan, which is the center square. And in, in a wintertime, in the, in the frozen weather, with, uh, we stood there together with these other teenagers on the square. And by this action, we defended the future of our children. And, the, and thus began the first steps of our work here. That's amazing. So let me ask you also this. Um, is it correct to say that you have a military background? Is that right? Yeah, when I, when I speak with you, I kind of hear that. So she said, yes, I do have a military background. And in, uh, when I was 16, I, I was in the military, like a military group. Це був саме склад ракетного пального. And it was like a factory where they um, they assembled like missile parts. Ця частина була секретна. And this this um, group that we were with was a secret group. Так, бо це саме ракетне пальне, яке використовується в ракетах. Because this was like rocket fuel that they used for the for the missiles. Але на щастя частину розформували і ракетне пальне вивезли. Ще раз, я не зрозумів. Частину розформували. So they, they, after a while, they dissolved this, uh, this grouping. Так, і ракетне пальне вивезли. And they took away the, uh, the, um, the missile fuel. Бо зараз я розумію реальну картину. But because now I understand the, the full picture. Якби, не дай Бог, впала ракета в нашу частину. If, if a missile had hit in our, uh, our area there where we were working. Саме в те ракетне пальне. In, in that, at that rocket fuel. Це би була велика катастрофа. It would have been a great catastrophe. Так. І я надалі проживаю в цій частині. And, and so now I, I live, I continue to live kind of in that area. Так. So that's, that's, that's interesting. Okay. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about the main objectives of the, uh, of the we'll, call, we'll start to call it in English, the Radekiv hostesses. Основна ціль – це підтримка саме військових. So our main objective is the support of the soldiers themselves. Саме перше – це моральна підтримка. So the first thing, that's like the, the moral support. Найбільше і потребують військові зараз. That's what maybe they, they need the most, the, the soldiers need right now. Друге, це підтримка, що саме необхідне для них. And so, and we try to support them with the most necessary things, you know, that they need. Це можуть бути і одяг. This could be clothing. Домашнє харчування. Some, some type of food. Позашляховики, автомобілі. And uh, uh, auto transport, different cars and, and jeeps and things. Так. Ну, генератори. Generators. Зарядне. Ah, like power banks. Power banks. Right. Так, так, так. There's so many, even soldiers these days have these mobile phones and different devices and they have to charge them. That's true. І багато буває матеріал на бліндаж. 
Ну, блін, та ж це як... Риють, риють і накривають окопи. Ага. Нуль. Вони риють, потім вони накривають такими стовпами, клійонкою, і вони такі роблять внизу бліндаж, воно називається. Це в землі, там, де вони на нулях сидять. так, я вже кілька разів була на передовій, в Після першої поїздки я зрозуміла, що це дуже потрібно. Там насправді зовсім інакше життя. And really, it's just a completely different life there. Зовсім інакші цінності. Very different, like even the values are different. І коли ти приїжджаєш і дивишся військовим в очі, чуєш за спиною сильні вибухи, і розумієш, що кожен з них може тебе захистити в будь-яку хвилину. І ти розумієш, що кожен з них Відчуваєш запах смерті. And you, you, you feel the smell of death. І розумієш, якою ціною буде перемога. And you understand the real cost of victory. Це неймовірні відчуття. It's an amazing feeling. І з ними зовсім не страшно. And when I'm with them, I don't, I'm not afraid. Так. І тому хочеться їхати ще і ще. And therefore I want to go again and again. Буває таке, що ти зустрічаєшся з хлопцями. The, I, I Я бачу, як вони плачуть при зустрічі. At, uh, Це сльози радості. Зустрічі. Обійми. І віра. Що вони не самі. Вони розуміють, що за ними є надійний тил. They understand that that standing behind them is a dependable rear area, people that are supporting them. Вам розказати історію передової. So you want me to tell you a story from the front? Yes. Це захоплююче. This is uh, an exciting one. Ми їздимо по різних містах. We we travel uh, through different towns. І шукай, ну, щоб завести адресні посилки для кожного солдата. And sometimes we dream, we bring with us uh, packages and mail that's sent to the guys at the front there. Це самі гарячі точки на сьогоднішній день. And these are like the, the most um the, like the hottest points or the most action filled areas of today. Донецька і Харківська область. And this is the Donetsk and the Kharkiv oblasts. Під час поїздки бувають обстріли. Sometimes as we're driving there, we we come under fire like artillery fire. Але вже відчуваєш, звідки воно летить, і зовсім не страшно. Ми їздимо стільки днів. 
поки не розвеземо всі посилки. And we keep going until we have delivered all the packages. І де нас застане ніч, в тій бригаді ми її ночуємо. And wherever the, wherever the night comes, whatever, whatever like brigade that we're near, that's where we stay the night with that brigade. Одна остання поїздка. And then on our last trip, ми заїхали в Харківську область. 15 кілометрів від, ну, ми кажемо, Сєпари, Москалі. Only only like 15 kilometers. They have these they have these different slang words to describe the meeting. Like Сєпари is like separatists, they are separatists, or Москалі is a is a derogatory term for the Russian invaders. It's it's related to the word Moscow. Так, і тоді вже була глибока ніч. And by that time it was uh, it was deep into the night. Хлопці сказали, що небезпечно залишатися в їхньому селі. And the, the, the boys told us that it's not safe to stay there in their village. Бо кожної ночі криють снарядами село. But because every night there are there are like artillery uh, fire and it's just unsafe there. Так, і ніхто не застрахований, що може попасти саме в нас цієї ночі. And, and there's no there's no guarantees that they wouldn't get a hit directly on the area where they're staying that night. Але знову назад повертатися також небезпечно. But to return back the way we came is also unsafe. Бо по лісах є сепаратистські групи. Because there's like groups of enemy soldiers. Які можуть вибігати і розстрілювати. They can just like run out and ambush you and shoot you right there. Бо саме перед тим розстріляли п'ять бусів волонтерів. Like right before we came on this particular occasion, they had caught and shot up like five different volunteer buses delivering aid. Отже, страшно їхати і страшно залишатися. So it's, it's, it's terrifying to go forward and it's terrifying to go back. Ну, але розуміємо, небезпечніше це з хлопцями. But we understand that the safest place is with our guys. Так, і ми вирішили залишитися ночувати. So we decided to stay there and spend the night. Хлопці сказали, ми швидко вечеряємо. So the guys said, we'll, we'll eat very quickly. І півтора години можемо поспати. And then uh, like an hour and a half we'll sleep. Бо потім будуть крити село. Because after that they'll start to cover the village like with artillery fire. Ну, буквально 10 хвилин було страшно. So the first 10 minutes or so was, was kind of terrifying. А потім розумієш, що ми з Богом, ми молимося, і все буде добре. And then you start to understand, hey, we're with God, we're praying, and, and everything's going to be okay. Ми сиділи просто з хлопцями, розмовляли, ніхто не лягав спати. So we sat there with, with the guys, and we, we spoke with them. Ми співали українські пісні. We sang Ukrainian songs. Розмовляли. We talked with them. Хлопці розказували свої історії. The guys uh, told their different stories, shared stories. Ми розказували їм, як ми працюємо вдома. We uh, told them about our work back here at home. Вони дуже хочуть спілкування. They really, really want like this fellowship. І тим більше, коли приїжджають з дому. And also, and especially when people come and visit them from home. Отак була одна ніч. That was like one night. Але було так чотири ночі. But that, but that, but we spent like four nights in this way. І в різних селах. And that was in different villages also. Одного разу зранку почалися сильні обстріли. Uh, one, one morning uh, they, there, was a, there was a very strong um, like artillery barrage. Я вибігла на двір, мені було страшно. I ran out into the yard and I was terrified. Але я дивлюся на реакцію хлопців. But I looked at the reaction of the guys. А вони взагалі спокійні. And they're, they're sitting there quietly. Я питаюся, де стріляють? And I said, where are they shooting? Земля трасеться. The, the, the earth is shaking. А вони кажуть, не переживай, це наші. And they said, don't, don't worry, that's our, that's our guys Вони в наступ ідуть. Вони ідуть в наступ. So she said, like, the, they're, they're advancing. Our soldiers are going on an advance right now, so that's why they're shooting. І через кілька хвилин мене за спиною. And just after a few minutes behind my back. 
почали стріляти гради. The, they started firing the, like the grad rockets. Це дуже багато вистрілів ракет. That's like a, like a great number of rocket firing. Свист і вогонь. Just like, like this whistling and this fire. Я просто завмерла і дивилася. I just like froze and, and kind of watched. Я вперше бачила такі сильні вистріли. The, for the first time I saw such, such strong like fire. Хлопці давали нам свої автомати. The, the, uh, the soldiers gave us uh, like their weapons. Як в тирі. Okay. Ну, тир, можна постріляти було. Можна було постріляти. Ah, so like we, yeah. we, were, we had a chance, we had an opportunity to shoot the, the weapons. Автомат досить тяжкий. And the, these like these machine guns, these are probably like the Kalashnikov, так? Так. Аказ. It's like the AK-47 uh, guns that they have. She said they're actually kind of heavy. Він важкий, так. І бронежилет теж важкий. And then you have to wear the, um, the armored vest. Каска важка. And then you have the helmet, which also is weight. So it's a lot of weight. І вони ще мають рюкзаки з собою. And they have the, the backpacks with them. Це дуже все важке, і вони з тим біжать. And it's, when, you, when you add all this together, it's very, it's very heavy, and they have to run with all that. І тому я розумію, наші хлопці, наскільки вони сильні. Вони не відчувають на собі цієї ваги. They, they я пишаюся ними. Так. Я розкажу, як ми їхали через понтонні мости. So I'll, uh, I'll так, бо всі мости зірвані. Because all of the regular bridges are blown up there. Це буквально дві колії. There's like, like two tracks or two lines. Високо. And they're, they're high up. А внизу вода. And then down, down below is the water. Для мене це було саме страшніше. And that, that was like the, the most terrifying for me. Мені не було страшно, коли стріляли. It wasn't so terrifying when they were shooting. Мені було страшно їхати. But it was, it, was, it was a little bit terrifying to have to drive across this pontoon bridge. Так, бо щоб не впасти в воду. Because we were worried that we wouldn't fall in the, in the river. Ну, ми проїжджали багато таких мостів. So we had to cross many of those kind of bridges. Оце було найстрашніше. But that was the most, uh, the most terrifying. Так, ми плануємо постійно поїздки туди. So we were planning like many, many trips to go there. Бо хлопці вже чекають. And the, the, the guys are waiting for us. Так, вони постійно телефонують. They, they call us all the time. І замовляють смачненьке. And they, and they, they place orders for something tasty. Так. That's amazing. I've, I've uh, just, just listening to uh, Milena tell her stories. It's amazing. And I've told her, like, Milena, you need to take care of yourself. <laughs> You're going into these dangerous places. If something happens to you, that's going to be really bad. Um, but it's great to, great to hear what's going on there. Мене дуже багато є хлопців, дуже багато, яким ми допомагаємо, і постійно я з ними спілкуюсь. So we have a lot of guys that we help, and there's, a, there's many of these young men that I know, and we are, we are in contact all the time. І кожен з них є в моєму серці. And every one of them is in my heart, as it were. Мені давали пораду не привикати до них. And I was given advice not to really get to know these guys. Але це дуже важко. But it's very hard. Тому що коли ти кожен день з ним спілкуєшся, because when you speak with them every day, вони тобі висилають фото. And they send you photographs. Відео. And videos. Називають тебе ангелом. They, and they call you angel. Сонцем. Or, or sunny is a very common Ukrainian term of endearment. Ти не можеш брати, ну, залишити їх осторонь. You can't just like keep them at a distance. Ти просто береш їх ближче до серця. You, you pull them closer as it were to your heart. І в мене була одна дуже велика втрата. And there was one that I had that was a very great loss for me. 
Загинув мій дуже дорогий хлопець. Йому було 28. He was 28. І він називався Денис. І разом воювали. And they Пізно ввечері. And late one evening. Був телефонний дзвінок від Сергія. There was a phone call from Сергій. Я думала, це звичайний дзвінок, завжди. I thought it was just a, a regular call as, as we always get. Але я почула в телефоні, що Сергій плаче. But I, I heard on the phone that Сергій was crying. Він просто кричить. And he was even like screaming. Він каже, я поранений. And he said, I'm, I'm wounded. А Денис остався в окопі. And Денис, uh, в окопі мається на увазі за... На нулі окоп, там де танки, це там яма та така окоп. So he said he was wounded and Dennis had, had, like got, had been left like in this hole down where the tank was. В них ішов бій. Що що? В них ішов бій тоді. Вони вели бій. Окей, so there Сергій кричить, знайди Дениса. And he's, and like, find Dennis, find Dennis. Він напевно загинув. He, he must have died. Мені важко було в це повірити. Була надія, що він живий. I, I hoped that he was alive. Я не знала, що я маю робити. I, I didn't know what to do. Як я могла його знайти? How, how could I find him? Коли він там, в полі. If he's out there somewhere in the field. Я не могла спати до ранку. I couldn't sleep until the morning. Я чекала, що буде новина. I, I waited for some news. І скажуть, що він просто поранений. And I was hoping that they would just say that he was found and, and just wounded. Але зранку був дзвінок, який підтвердив, що Денис загинув. Я до кінця не могла усвідомити це. Що мій світлий ангел загинув. Я хотіла чим пошвидше привезти тіло. У мене є багато друзів, які допомагали мені. I had a lot of friends that helped me in this. Щоб скоріше привезти його додому мамі. That we could uh, more quickly bring his, his body home to his mother. Я сама їздила зустрічати його тіло. I, I went myself to meet the place where his body was. Коли ми зустрічали, відкрили бус. And when I got there, they, they opened the, the van where he was. Тіла просто лежали в чорних мішках. And the, the, the body was just there in a, a black bag. З яких витікає кров. And there was blood running out of the bag. Ми поїхали забирати з Денисовими друзями. And we... Ще раз, ми поїхали. Забирати тіло, і Денисові друзі були, помогти. Uh, we, so we went together with, um, with Dennis's friends to collect his body. Але кожен, жоден з них не міг підійти до тіла. But none of them were able to actually approach the body. They, they couldn't find the courage. У них був страх, паніка. They had, they were afraid, they were in panic. Але я зібралася силами. But I, I kind of gathered myself. І помагала перегружати тіло. And I helped the, the men there to move his body. Потім ми повезли його в морг. We brought him to the morgue. Мені було дуже важко. It was very difficult for me. Коли ми зайшли в морг. When we entered the morgue. Відкрили мішок. They opened the bag. Тіло було дуже в страшному стані. The body was in a very terrible state. У нього не було пів голови. Half of his head was gone. Велика дира в тілі. There was a great big hole in his body. І купа 
точечных ран. And there were just all of these these smaller wounds like holes from shrapnel. Я обещала Денису виколись. I I once promised Denise, Dennis. Що я для нього зроблю все. That I would do everything for him. А він обіцяв прийти з великим букетом квітів. And he promised me to come home with a great big bouquet of flowers. Я чекала тої зустрічі. And I had waited for that meeting. Але зустріла його зовсім не так. But I met him in a completely different way. Це останнє, що я могла зробити для Дениса. It was the last thing that I could do for Dennis. Це його одіти. I clothed him. Щоб його могла побачити мама. That I got, got him ready so that his mother could see him. У голову ми бінтували бінтами. His, his head we wrapped in bandages. Щоб не було видно тієї великої страшної діри. So that you couldn't see this horrible gaping hole in his head. Я зовсім не плакала. I didn't even cry. Мене тримав внутрішній якийсь. There was some type of inner strength that, сила. Some type of inner strength that sustained me. Бо я знала, що це для Дениса. Because I knew that this was for Dennis. Коли прийшла мама, and when his mother came, мені було тоді важко. It was very difficult for me. І тільки мама тоді сказала, and just the mother said then, що постійно Денис називав мене ангелом. His mother said that Dennis had, had continually called me angel, referred to me as angel. Я настільки цієї історії не знала. I didn't even realize, I didn't even know all that story. Це мама розказала. His mother told me. Кожного разу, коли Денис дзвонив до мами, every time when Dennis would call his mother, і він запитував, he would ask, мам, he would ask, а чому Міля така добра до мене? Why is Milana so good to me? Вона, напевно, ангел. She's maybe an angel. Я обов'язково приїду до неї. I will, I will certainly come to her. Мені тоді стало дуже важко. And at that point, it was very difficult for me. І тому не треба привикати до них, але я все одно привикаю. And I agree that it's not advisable to really get to know them, but I get to know them all the same. Я люблю їх всіх. I love them all. Я готова стояти до кінця. And I'm, I'm ready to stand until the very end. За кожного з них. For every one of them. Я молюся за кожного з них, щоб вони вижили. I pray for every one of them that they would survive. Щоб вони приїхали з квітами. That they would come back with flowers. And that I would meet them. Just as Denise, as Dennis. He will always remain in my heart. He was a great young man. And he gave his life for our future. For the happy life of our children. Heroes don't die. У нас була ще така поїздка, треба було довести допомогу до хлопців, але ми розуміли, що це дуже небезпечно. So at one point we had planned a trip and we needed to bring some supplies to our boys, but we understood that this trip was going to be very dangerous. Бо треба їхати під обстрілами. Because we would need to drive through an area that was under artillery fire. Але ніхто не задумався, що ми не поїдемо. But no one, no one even considered the idea that we might not go. Виходу нема, треба вести. We didn't have any other alternative. We had to take the supplies. Коли ми приїхали до останнього поста, as we approached the final like block post they call it. Хлопці попередили. The guys warned us. Туди їхати дуже небезпечно. If you go in that direction it's very unsafe. Дорогу прострілюють. They are shooting up the road. І якщо ви зупинитеся на хвилинку, if you stop for even a minute, 
вашу машину можуть поцілити. They might, they might hit your vehicle. Вижити шансів не буде. And you wouldn't have any chance of survival. І ми розуміли, що треба швидко-швидко їхати. And we understood that we needed to drive through that stretch very quickly. Коли ми натиснули педалу і поїхали. And when we pressed down the pedal and, and went. Аж тоді я зрозуміла. Only then I understood. Що мій бронежилет і каска that I had forgotten my helmet and my armored vest. It was in the back. Or I had, sorry, it was in the back seat. She hadn't put it on. But I didn't have time to put it on. You just pray and you go. And then you start to hear the explosions. And you don't have the opportunity to stop. And you pray that the car, like the vehicle, wouldn't stop. Я розумію, що кожна поїздка на схід And I understand that every trip to the east це можливо дорога в один кінець. That might be a road to a final end. Але я вірю, що Бог збереже мене. But I believe that God will that God will keep me. Бо в мене вдома ще є діти. Because I have children still at home. І в мене дуже дорогих людей на сході. And I have very dear people to me in the east. І я знаю, що в мене багато справ ще тут. And I know that I have much yet to do here. І ми повинні жити і працювати. We, we я дякую Господу за те, що Він дає мені сили, strength, витримки, uh, сміливості, bravery, courage, такої відваги, courage, так. і я маю можливість творити це добро. So I think one of the biggest questions that is on all of our minds is when will the war end? And I know that you are convinced of Ukraine's ultimate victory. So please tell us why you think Ukraine will win this war. So when the war will end, I think nobody can say for sure. But I... But I, some, for some reason, it seems to me that this will be soon. Несподівано. Somehow, in an unexpected way. Так, як вона почалася. Just as it began. Так і несподівано вона закінчиться. In such a way, it will, um, in an unexpected fashion, uh, it will end. І, звичайно, ми віримо в перемогу. And, of course, we believe in victory. Саме тому, що українці дуже сильні. Because Ukrainians are very strong. Згуртовані. When they are, like, grounded or prepared. Пільно разом працюємо. Фронт і тили. The, the front lines and the rear. Багато волонтерів. There's many volunteers. Діти. There are children. Тримаємося разом. We, we hold together. І тому ми сильніші. And therefore we are stronger. У нас віра сильніша. Our faith is stronger. Бо це наша земля. This is our land. Це наша країна. This is our country. Ми не хочемо чужого. We don't want something strange here, something foreign. Ми відстоюємо своє. We will fight for our own. І тому ми сильніші. And therefore we are stronger. Нам просто треба вигнати ворога. We just need to cast, cast out the enemy. З нашої землі. From our, from our land. І це буде скоро. And that will be soon. That's good. So another question here. I have been running my own nonprofit organization for many years. And as a founder, I know there are always new ideas and new horizons to push towards. So could you tell us a bit, what is your vision for the Radekhiv hostesses uh, going forward? Uh, 
військові. So we get our, a lot of our ideas from our, a lot of our ideas from the soldiers. Так як на початку літку. So as like at the beginning of summer. Хлопцям бракувало штанів. Uh, the, the guys were running low on pants. І ми не задумуючись, ми шили 500-600 штанів в один місяць. Їх дуже швидко розбирали. Матерія була якісна. І хлопці мали можливість одіватися свіжі штани. Бо часто були обстріли. І в них одяг горів. And, and there were many times when their clothes got burnt up. And, and like the, the, um, the replacements were sent very late. We were able to move faster uh, than, than, the, uh, than the military was able to get them. So like the, the volunteers were able to deliver it quicker. The, like the things that were needed. Коли стало холодно, cold, термобілизну ще їм не видали. Them, like, thermal, uh, і хлопцям було дуже холодно. And the, the guys were very cold. Ми знов купуємо тканину. So we started to buy material again. І шиємо термобілизну. And we started sewing uh, these thermal undergarments. Поки їм видадуть, наші хлопці одіті. And by the time the military got some supplies to them, our guys were all dressed. They all they all had their things. І вже вони мають два-три комплекти. Так, поміняти. Uh, Зараз почалася зима. Now, course, Є потреба в захисних костюмах. These, like, uh, І саме завтра tomorrow, має прийти тканина біла. Uh, like в нас вже розроблені uh, викройки. Викройки – це лекала, ну, пробний костюм. Ага, so we have like a pattern costume or a te- like a prototype costume that we've put together. Так, і ми вже починаємо нову роботу. And we're going to begin, we'll start new work. Ми будемо шити їм захисні костюми. And we're going to start sewing for them these like protective winter outfits for combat. Так, які зараз конче необхідні. And they're, they're very critical, these are needed badly. І ідеї підкидають хлопці. А ми їх виконуємо відразу. Ми їх шиємо власноруч. Це дешевше. І за ті кошти можна пошити більше, ніж купити в магазині. Ми завжди рахуємо кожну витрату, щоб можна було чим більше зробити, і більше вислати хлопців. Наша команда молодці. That's our 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 um, our team is like they have this word in Ukrainian молодці or молодець and it means like way to go or or like good boy and that when they say someone is молодці it means they're doing the right thing and they're doing it well. Творчі люди. They're creative people. Вони можуть все. They can do everything. Їх неможливо перемогти. And you can't you can't conquer them. Так як українських військових. Just like the Ukrainian army. Так.
So that's great. That's one thing that I really liked about this group here in Radakiv is that they're not just a clearinghouse for financial donations. They're not just collecting money and then buying things and shipping stuff. They they ship a lot, but they are working here. These my kid right now while we're recording this episode, my kids have been back with their volunteers in a different room putting together like camo nets. They they gather food, they prepare food, they sew clothes. All these things they're doing with their own hands. Uh, and it's just really encouraging and fantastic. So Milena, let's go on to this other question here. So there are many people in the West, uh, both in the US and other countries who are very sympathetic towards Ukraine and want to help. So tell us how can people in the West be involved and support your efforts here? So if people have the opportunity to come and visit us, we can work together. We can sew these or like put together these camo nets Ремонтувати машину. Repair vehicles. Виліпити вареники. Or make вареники. They have uh, Ukraine. One of the one of the best Ukrainian uh, dishes or Ukrainian cuisine are these little dumplings called вареники, and the it's a very social event when Ukrainians make them. You get a lot of women in the kitchen, and they put out the dough, and they'll and they they, they stuff it with uh, potatoes, and it's a very uh, and they can make a lot of these what they call вареники. These dumplings, put them in buckets, and then send them to the front. Or you can, or we can like uh, um, cook uh, homemade uh, baked goods. And, and then we put it all together, we pack it up, and we send it off. And there's a lot of fellowship. We could even uh, do that by video or fellowship by video when there's an opportunity. With, uh, with the people at the front. And... Ну, то потім хіба потім ми хочемо створити такий після війни реабілітаційний центр, і ми б хотіли запрошувати навіть людей. And our one of our visions is after the war to create kind of like a rehabilitation center, and we'd like to invite other other people to join us in that. І можна буде спілкуватися з військовими. So that people would have an opportunity to to talk with the soldiers who have returned from war. І допомагати їм вийти з психологічного стану. And to help them. Uh, to help them in a psychological sense to um, to get their minds together after the, the stress of war. Because they really they really do have a need for, for fellowship and for just to have someone to talk to. To, to for the fellowship, for prayer, for the support. And I think this will this process will go on for quite a long time. This uh, this this time of like rehabilitation. And of course, there's the financial uh, opportunity there for for support. Because to 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 buy these things that are necessary, money is needed. You you've helped us also a lot. Мали можливість купити і взуття. And we had we had the opportunity to purchase like shoes. І тканини. And and material. Павербанки. And power banks. І продукти. And uh, and groceries. Food. Так так так. So that's great. Yeah, and after this episode, we will we will leave uh, information in the show notes on how you can make donations if you're interested in donating directly to this group of ladies here, the the, the as they call them in English, the hostesses of Radakhiv. Uh, you can hear the kinds of things that they're doing. Uh, this is a work that we feel like we can get behind. We've seen it with our own eyes, and uh, if you'd like to join them in supporting financially, um, there are ways that you can do that, and we'll leave those details in the episode show notes.
Well, thank you, Milena, so much for your time with us today and for your tireless and inspiring service to the soldiers defending Ukraine. And as we've said so many times on this podcast, the war in Ukraine is not merely a political conflict or some territorial dispute. It is a war of evil and oppression. It's a genocidal attempt to take away the, the lives and liberties of individual people. And when I think about the work that Milena and these ladies are doing here, I'm reminded of a few passages from Scripture um, that I'd like to quickly read for you here. One is from Matthew 25, 34 through 40, which says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, and fed thee? Were thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in? Were naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, were in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. That's Matthew 25, 34 through 40. As we know, eternal life is not based on good works. We're told that in many passages, including Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. However, as believers, we are called to continue in good works. We do those works from a standpoint of salvation because we have eternal life. We're called to follow our Savior, to do things like supporting the weak, doing good to those in need. Milena once told me how tired they can get sometimes from the work and the uh, relentless burden of sending aid. She says that when that happens, she remembers the boys at the front. And she said to me once, they can't get tired. They have no choice. And we can't allow ourselves to get tired either. In Galatians 6, 9 through 10, it says this, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. There is great need right now in Ukraine. There are people who have needs in the front, at the front lines, like the soldiers we've been hearing about. There are refugees who have needs, who have lost their homes, who have lost everything. The need is great, but thanks to people like Milana and the volunteers who are working with her, we are, we are able to meet these needs and to help these folks. So please keep praying for Ukraine. Don't forget, don't let it get cold. Stay in touch. Keep following the events here. Help how you can and pray for peace. Pray for liberty and for victory over the oppressor. All right. Well, that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening and have a superb day. May God bless Ukraine. Нехай Бог благословить Україну.